You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Booth Review. Welcome to Booth Review, everybody. I'm Ken Swanson. That's my guy, Brandon McAnderson. BMAC, what is good? Everything's good, baby. We're one and oh. Yeah, we are. Football season. We're in the booth. Let's talk about it. Hey, uh, how was how was week one for you being down there on the sidelines doing your work? What was it? Uh, you know, was it like riding a bike? Was it like how was it? It was like a family reunion. You know, you see most of those guys on the sideline, you know, a lot during most of the year. But then when you're not in season, you don't see those guys as much. There's some family reunion vibes going. Uh, the crowd was amazing. Students were early. Uh, packed all the way to the top for some pre-snap penalties. And, I mean, that's a big deal because, you know, those non-con games where you know you're going to win, I mean, other than 2007 and 2008, I don't remember those being a lot of attendance. Even in years where we were good and, you know, had been from bowl games, we still didn't pack the stadium like that. So that was really cool. thought the students were awesome. Uh, the west side of the stands, all the traditionals, they were there, loaded up. Um so it was it was everything we would have hoped it would have been. And uh seeing the guys run out there and get a win was nice too. Dude, the the jerseys look clean. Yes, they do. Oh my mm. the jerseys I, go for A one. A one. Yeah, they got I don't I, it's got it's got some cool vibes. I like the uh I like the big Jayhawk and I like the the variations of Jayhawks getting some love too. Yeah. Like I think that's a pretty I, I think I think that's a pretty clean look. Uh they look good while they look good. Um, there's some there's some good stuff to talk about in this game, and you know what what they did against Missouri State. Obviously, we're going to be previewing KU Illinois, but you know this is also an opportunity for us to reflect on what just happened, and what just happened also directly correlates to what could happen against Illinois. So yeah. I think it kind of cuts both ways, and that's what you'll kind of expect, you know, on Booth Review. We'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the week prior, and then look ahead to the next week, and in, in, in both ways. And, you know, BMAC, a lot of the discussion, you know, I think we had and the biggest mysteries, the biggest question marks were on the defensive side of the ball for this team. And, you know, I know Missouri State wound up with 17 points, but, you know, one of them was a short field touchdown. I kind of liked what I saw out of the defensive side of the ball. Uh, start with the defensive line. That was the big question. Saw some stuff. There was some, there's some stuff to like with that group for sure. Yeah, they kind of substantiated how I felt. Um, it felt like a group of lesser known people, but people we were really excited about from talent profile, mm -hmm. uh, what their careers say they were. So it was not as if, you know, these guys were not real guys. You know, we just hadn't seen them do it. Uh, Jeremy Robinson on the first drive showed up. Uh, Hayden Hatcher got a quarterback hit on the literal first possession. And just before I get to all the other D linemen, I hope you know what I meant by Hayden Hatcher. <laughs> you see how thick yes. he was and how. Yeah. He, it's like uh, it isn't a significant amount of weight total, uh, but its distribution is significant. I think it's going to help him this year. It looked like a I was going to say like country strong almost, you know, yeah. like when you see some guys say country strong, that was kind of the vibe it looked and how he played in the strength and the pop in his hands. It just kind of reminded yeah. you of that. Anyways, continue. Yeah. So, yeah, he was awesome. Um, I got the, the guy that jumped out the most uh, that we mentioned, but didn't mention like that was DJ Withers. Holy cannoli. You know, we were talking about, uh, you know, the the combinations of defensive tackles, and we brought him up, and we liked him as a, you know, as a pass rush inside guy. Well, actually, he started at the three technique, 
He played on rundowns. He played on pass downs. He has very active hands, and he's up to 310, mm-hmm. which he just keeps packing on the pounds but maintaining the athleticism. I thought he was awesome. Uh, Gage Keys and uh, Austin Booker mm-hmm. were incredible. Not awesome just kids. productive and good, but twitchy. You know, the kind of players that we've kind of just not had in the front seven, just very twitchy guys. Booker was more physical than I thought he would be. Gage Keys was quicker than I thought he would be. Those two were awesome. Yeah, Gage Keys is kind of like a little bit of a like not that like I think I think KU has some decent like upfield penetrators. Like I think I think Withers can get up the field a little bit. Tommy Dunn can get up the field a little bit. We've talked about Devin Phillips. You know, he may be more of a, a point of attack guy, but I think Gage Keys he, he I think he wins with quickness a little differently than those guys, and his upfield ability was noticeable for sure. And he disrupted a couple plays. And it's not always necessarily just making the play. You can disrupt without actually making the play itself. And I think Gage Keys did some really good stuff there. I'm, I'm with you on Austin Booker. Good first step up, you know, some flexibility through the frame. Like, you know, he's got some good ankle flexion too, which is like one of those traits you kind of look at for like NFL type prospects. If you've got good ankle flexion up the arc, that's normally a pretty good indicator. I think, you know, he's got, I think Jeremy, uh, or I think Booker's probably got the best first step of the edge rushers. I think Jeremy Robinson was the edge rusher that most impressed me overall. And it's the same stuff from, you know, it's the same stuff that's always been so, you know, big, you know, big for him. It's, you know, I think he's got a pretty good step for a guy his size, but he's got the length and he's got the yeah. density and he's got that flexibility through the frame that allows him to turn a corner well for a guy his size. Yeah. I was very impressed with his overall game. Liked to see, you know, what we saw from the defensive linemen. You know, back seven. What did you think about the back seven? I thought they were sharp. I thought um, Marvin Grant stuck out to me. He looked noticeably quicker. Um, And, you know, one of the things I want to say about the physical appearance of the team, if you would have told me three years ago that this is what they would look like, I would have called you a liar. Mm -hmm. I mean, this team look like they've already been competing for championships for years, you know, and this is just another addition of the team. You know, the lean guys are cut, cut, cut. There's no big belly guys. I mean, you couldn't find a love handle in the house uh, in a blue uniform. These guys have taken care of their bodies. They're ripped. They're sharp. They look quicker, faster at times, more physical at times. There was really nothing I could find from a physical standpoint that I didn't like. Um, O.J. Burroughs and that back four didn't play as much as I would have liked just because I'm a just an O.J. Burroughs fan. It wasn't like yeah. an impact of the game. I just like watching him. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought we we saw what we thought we would see at corner. Uh, Romello staying rock solid and just being consistent as ever. Them staying away from Kobe and Kobe being a playmaker. And then uh, Kenny coming up and hitting when he needs to, coming up in coverage when he needs to. Uh, so good on the back on the back four. Uh, Quentin Lasseter shows that they got depth. Kalen Gervin shows that they have depth. They got some dudes there. Yeah, I really like what I saw out of that group. And one of the names you hadn't brought up that we kind of talked about a little bit, uh, JB Brown. You know, you you talked about I, I remember we were texting earlier this week and you were saying, you know, like they're staying away from from Kobe. Kobe still got his hands on a ball because JB Brown yeah. undercut it, tipped it in the air, and and Kobe still found the ball. And th- yeah, the the guy that expe- impressed me the most at linebacker was JB Brown. And like what he did, like Good, getting good, natural in his drop. You know, it looks comfortable dropping into space, which was really nice to see. Um, I thought he reacted pretty quickly when he was a little bit tucked tighter to the box. I thought there were some really good things out of him. You know, the linebacker group I thought played pretty well, all things considered. Yeah. So, um, it was a good, 
it was a good team performance on defense. And like, you know, we talked about, hey, like, let's see this group. Let's see this group look different, dominate differently. And I know the score was tighter early in the game, but like mm-hmm. Daniel Heishaw doesn't fumble that football in the first yeah. quarter. I think that game looks a lot different. There's a short field. That's how that's how Missouri State got one of their touchdowns. Like it wasn't too far off. KU was doing what they do um, offensively, and we'll tell. Let's get into the offense a little bit. Um, you know, I it was long sustained drives. You know, there was there's some explosive plays in there. Don't get me wrong, but it did feel like, you know, a lot of what we've seen from this offense is, you know, let's let's put together. A, a play or a drive that ends in double digit plays like you know like they're always going to take explosives and offenses are always going to take explosives but I think they did a really good job moving the chains getting chunk you know consistent consistent play in and out um not a ton of negative plays it just felt like you know just a very methodical approach to to Missouri State yeah I thought that you know that was the version of the <clears throat> the bean offense where you're seeing a lot of three step you know, a lot of inside handoff, mm-hmm. um, but you could tell it was conservative because they weren't trying to do the thing that Bean does best, which is throw the ball down the field. So early in the game, they weren't even attempting to do that. They were just throwing three step. And what what happened was Missouri State started sitting on that stuff, you know, because they play, you know, champions too. So I think that they adjusted well, started to push the ball down the field. Then you started to see that this is the same team, excuse me, with good wide receiver depth that can do some nice things. No, for sure. Uh, there's a lot I want to talk about the on the offensive side of the ball, and we'll get there in a second. But I do also want to talk about home field apparel. They have an incredible Kansas athletics line that it's out all kinds of great stuff. They got they got football specific stuff too. I'm just telling you, they're they're they. It's not just a it's not just football. They got some great stuff for the fall, for the winter. All kinds of great new Kansas apparel. We're excited to be getting ours. Um, it's it's yeah, it's it's going to be great this year. Uh, you're going to see a lot of it. On this show, you're going to see a lot of it out at the booth on game day, I'm sure, because the the collection is sick. Uh, promo code no seats 23 if you go to Home Field Apparel, will get you 10% off or 15% off uh, of your order. So make sure you're taking care of that and taking advantage of that. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Hey guys, it's Benny Heist from Benny and the Bets. And when it comes to improving your golf performance, there is nothing quite like a PXG custom club fitting experience with a true PXG fitting specialist. This data-driven fitting is going to help determine the right club heads, perfect loft, lie, and shafts to be able to completely transform and change your game and also lower your scores in the process. So no matter your skill level, You can be fitted for PSG's flagship Gen 6 clubs. They're designed to deliver incredible gains in distance, accuracy, and forgiveness. And for a limited time, you can use the code PXG75 when you sign up for a custom fit and get 75% off your fitting at PXG.com. Or you can give their store in Kansas City a call at 913-396-6100. BMAC, are you a golfer? Um, Something like that. I have golf clubs and golf balls. And you like uh, you like to I go like, hang out with your friends on a golf course? Yeah, exactly. That's hey, like three scrambles a year, something yeah. like that. You know, yeah. that's, that's the kind of golf I am. I uh I love golf. I love just getting out and hanging out with my friends and 
putting the Bluetooth speaker on and spending four hours, you know, that's, that's, that's my kind of solace, especially like, as I get older, but, uh, yeah, man, I, there's so much, you know, there's so many things like Jason Bean, I thought was great. You know, he put a couple balls at risk early in the game, I thought, but after that just really settled in, fit a couple in there, you know, took some calculated risks and fit some balls in there. Uh, was really impressed, impressed with his efficiency passing the football. Um, and some timely passing too on some big downs. Yeah. Well, you, you, you're the quarterback of the group. Imagine having, you know, the equivalent of Thor's hammer at your feet that you could use anytime. I mean, this guy has devastating speed. Uh, Gildersleeve mentioned that they clocked him at 23 and a half this year. So, I mean, this is a very, very fast man. Does not scramble. Really doesn't even look to escape with his speed, which says a lot about him. And what I'll say about him, growth as a player, if you can turn a person with the athletic profile of Randall Cunningham into Warren Moon, that's good coaching. That's comfort. That's good offensive line play. I thought they did all of those things. And the early struggles, I think, were more about concept. I think it was just they were throwing short passes. And when things broke down, we know from last year that isn't what he does. Mm -hmm. But when things break down when there's people downfield, that's when he's dangerous. Think about the back shoulder throw to Trevor Wilson. Um, that's when he when he can use his scrambling ability to push the ball. He's not he's gotten good at timing stuff, and he he threw it well. But that's not what you would call his A plus strength. I'd right. say he turned it from a C plus into a B plus for sure. No, yeah, for sure. And yeah, there's something about his arm talent and his willingness to challenge down the field. Definitely plays better out when he's outside of structure. He's not the guy that's dropping a little touch pass underneath the sticks. You know, he's no. trying to fit it beyond the sticks or trying to throw whatever. You know, like when you when you run out, there's scramble rules, right? So when there's some kind of play out of structure, you've got one guy. You know, if you're short, you're going deep. If you're deep, you're coming back. There's a lot of these. If you're over, if you're across the field, you're working. You know, you're working towards the quarterback. There's a lot of there's actually a lot of organization to the chaos of a scramble. Um, and he's definitely he start he's going top down for sure. That oh, guy's no that guy's going top down for sure on, on some of those plays. The running game uh was interesting to me. I thought the backs looked great. You know, I, I think all the backs that touched the football, Devin Neal, obviously, Daniel Highshaw, welcome back in a big way. I know he fumbled, yeah. but, man, like, stuff looked good there. Dylan McDuffie, uh, even Sevy Morrison. Like, yeah. they, they, we talked about the depth of this backfield, and it showed up early. Yes, yeah, Evian looked good. Um, I thought the surprise of the group to me was McDuffie. Uh, when he got snaps, there was just no drop-off. You know, mm -hmm. there just wasn't any drop-off. It looked just like the other two guys. Now, he may not have as impressive of a specific skill set like those two, but in every other way, he's a similar player. Strong, smart, knows where to go with the football, has has had that responsibility a lot, so doesn't mind, you know, carrying the team for drives here and there. Um, I think he's going to be a bigger addition than I maybe had anticipated. Some smooth efficiency is the way I describe Dylan McDuffie's running style. Like, I mean, you saw him kind of string some stuff together that that touchdown run. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's like necessarily like this overly dynamic runner, but like smart, efficient, elusive enough, made good decisions when he was running the ball. I really like what I saw to him. And then, I mean, Daniel Highshaw, he only got four carries on the day. Uh, and obviously he had the fumble, but it was good to see him get back into the swing of things. You know, I don't know if there's a little bit of preservation of him just getting him back into it or preservation for, I don't know, this big giant game that they're about to play uh, here in a couple days. But it was good to see him kind of back and running with that physicality late in the game. 
closing in the end zone. I mean, it, it looked it, old. Old Daniel Highshaw looked very back at yes, it, on him. that on that touchdown run. Yes, he did. And he's just a guy that's going to keep getting better. He's as bouncy and explosive as anybody you'll see. He's got top end speed. I mean, he can literally do everything. I think they were punishing him for ball security. He had some ball security issues last year. Uh, remember, he fumbled against West Virginia and yep. happened to recover it um, on a big goal line uh, drive, which would have been huge if he didn't yep. recover it. So he's had some issues there. So I think it was more about take care of the football uh, was the message he was being sent. But, I mean, I couldn't be any more excited about that group for sure. Yeah. Uh, offensive line, you know, I think a departure from our expectations, our Marjorie Adams did not play in this game. Some readjustments of the offensive line. Um, you know, I think pass protection was pretty solid, uh, I thought. And, you know, the, it, it's kind of crazy. You look at the run game, you say 38 carries, 259 yards, average 6.4 yards per carry. Like, don't get me wrong. There were some good things that the, that the that the offensive line did in the run game. But I I thought there was I thought there was some meat on the bone there blocking some things up and maybe that was because of some of the reshuffling. Um, I thought there was I thought there was something to be desired on the offensive line and not not that they're not capable of doing it but just maybe some of that shuffling and Armajri Adams not being able to play maybe hurt that just a little bit. Yeah, I thought the interior trio was solid, but I wanted them to be more than that. I kind of feel like solid has kind of been the benchmark that they've set. Um, I didn't see a ton of movement on those interior guys. Mm -hmm. You know, you saw some uh, getting up to the second level, not quite getting those frontside backers. So I know that their coaching staff is going to push them to to improve in those areas. And I do think Reed Adams is a big-time player. So I do think it would have been different just from a physicality standpoint. Uh, Michael Ford Jr. played three positions in this game. <laughs> so he played right guard, left guard, and center. I mean, he is the quintessential steady Eddie. He can literally play five positions. Uh, the tackles played well. I thought they uh, were. I thought Cable do looked great, like athletically. He was getting out uh, on the edge, making some plays. Uh, tight ends were awesome as usual. So just a strong offensive effort, and kind of what we were hoping to see. Um, and, and a limited, and you know they're not going to tell you they were conservative or limited, but they were clearly limited and conservative on offense. For sure, for sure. I mean, they still, like we said, they they threw some pre snap stuff at you know for Illinois to prepare. We're talking about you know they threw some X over stuff, which basically means you've got a you know a tackle. You know, as the far end or the end man of a, on the line of scrimmage, uh, and you're you're running everything on one side of the field. Um, they they threw some different looks out there at them, uh, you know, to give them and still just ran wide zone out of it and some of that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But like they ran a little bit more wide zone. Like it, I did see that a little bit. That actually, I think, I think Daniel Highshaw got on one of the got in one of those and like either lost yards or was it not really able to get to the line of scrimmage and like it just seemed like they were having a hard time getting out there uh and the 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 read wasn't particularly clean for the back I didn't think uh so it'd be interesting to see how much that gets utilized this week uh, against Illinois oh, and, and just watching Illinois I know I know we're not jumping the gun here but watching Illinois on film uh we'll have to revisit that comment well well we'll 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 I, I got some thoughts I I we got some. We got some Illinois thoughts. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just it was it was fascinating. Like I just I, I agree with what you said about the interior. Uh, I think that's right. Dominic Puni looks solid. Mm. Bryce Cable do it does not always look the prettiest for Bryce Cable do. And there's there are guys that have had a lot of success in the NFL where it does not always look pretty, but it gets the job done. 
And I think Cable Dew was of you know, it wasn't always the prettiest thing, but it was he was effective in that game. And I was I I think that's the best way to to describe. And I Cable Dew he's you know he's still he's the beginning of his junior year. There's still a lot of time. Um, right. I I I maybe he'll get a little smoother and some of that kind of stuff. But I, he held up. He held up yeah. and did what he was supposed to do, even though there are definitely some plays where you know, he is a good athlete. I'm with you. He will get off balance technically sometimes, and, and you know he'll have to try to recover, but he's got the length, the athleticism to be able to. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, anything with the pass catchers that you want to just profile? Anything that got you excited? You know, that was another steady Eddie group, guys that we expected to see. Uh, Lawrence Arnold doing the things you'd expect them to do. I just think they didn't get opportunities as much as they would in a normal uh, through their normal game plan. Um, and then you know when you when you factor in Jalen and the option and all those things, they're open more and they're open in different ways that I think they'll be able to take advantage of more in the coming weeks than they were in this game. So I think they'll just have a a more open style that'll benefit their skill set. But I thought Trevor Wilson was very good. He looked very fast. Kind of looked like the player that started here, and I'm glad to see him, you know, kind of recover. You know, I think Trevor Cardell got a lot of love, obviously. Um, And he didn't get a ton of targets, but there was one target on the sideline. I went, okay, I see what I see what you're saying with him. Just like strong hands and his like comfortability to catch the ball away from his from his body. Just kind of plucked it out of the just you know real solid. I was like, okay, that that looked pretty nice. Like I I kind of got what you're saying with with you know the with the love for Trevor Cardell. I just yeah, I thought it was just a you know I thought it was just a solid performance from everybody. It was good to see some consistency. I don't really remember a ton of drops. Uh, I mean, six incompletions slash drops the entire game. So uh, it looked real good. Um, yeah, Quentin Skinner getting some love. Yeah, love, uh, love cute. That's a big dude. Big dude. That's a big, fast dude. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to see what he. I'm excited what he, what his season looks like for sure. But yeah, that was it. Was it was a good performance from KU? Um, I know the score was a little tighter than people wanted it to be, but I don't think we're too far removed from that game looking a lot different. Uh, and you know, I think KU took care of business. And I mean, even Lance Leipold kind of sounded a little bit pleased. Uh, with some of the things he saw in the way his team acted and responded, didn't flinch even though the game got a little tight, didn't let the pressure of playing an inferior opponent get in, you know, get to them at all. So I, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was just a good thing all around. Anything else on on K on KU Missouri State before we move on to to next week? No, I thought the kicking game it looked good. Special teams looked sharp, and I'm looking looking to see them kind of carry that performance forward. Yeah, we're gonna take a break, and we'll be back to preview KU Illinois right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. NFL is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Download now and use code KCSN to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. Again, that's code KCSN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-H8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario cdkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply I need a break BMAC but that's okay we're going to talk about KU Illinois now uh, this is obviously a game that a lot of KU fans have circled um, as a pretty big, you know, uh, measuring stick moment for this program, a measuring stick moment for this season. And, you know, I think the good news is, you know, Jason Bean comes in, plays very well against Missouri State, but it sounds like we're going to get Jalen Daniels back in a Kansas uniform, in a black Kansas uniform, Ooh. in a blackout at the booth. Uh, Jalen. How, what what are your expectations for Jalen Daniels? Do you think we see the full Jalen Daniels experience in week two? Yes, I hey. do. I think we see the full Jalen experience. I think you see all of his uh, charisma, all of his energy, uh, just trickling all through the offense. I, you know, I don't think they can play him and and be that type of conservative. I don't think they want to. I think they'll get out and be multiple and do some of the things they like to do. So, do you think? We'll see, like, if I set the over-under on Jalen Daniels' carries at five and a half, you think they're you think he's you think he's cutting up inside, insane between the tackles, carrying the football over five and a half times, or like, what do you think? Yeah, I would say the over. I would I expect him to be around seven or eight. Okay, um, especially after watching Illinois on film, I think it's just an effective weapon. Okay, well, and that's uh, that's good to hear, you know, because like obviously there's been some concerns about the injuries with him, and you know there's a reason that he missed this last week. And, you know, the best version of a Kansas offense is is the version that has Jalen Daniels' legs at his disposal. And if they're not going to protect him, if they don't feel a need to protect him, that's huge for this team. Because, like, we've talked about this on this show even. You know, Jason Bean, like, he's a, he's a guy you definitely want trying to get on the edge with that with that long speed. You know, he's, he's a guy that, um, you know, 
you get you give him a runway and let him turn a corner and it it could get real it could get real ugly real fast for a defense. Jalen, I think you can utilize him up inside the tackles a little bit more. It gives you a little bit more flexibility in your read game in some of the in some of the run scheme you want to try to run. You can if you can run him up inside, that gives you a lot more flexibility. So that is definitely something I'm 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 excited to see if, if we're going to get a full Jalen Daniels experience that that does I think opens up a lot of things for this offense for sure. And then you you know you look at um, a team like Illinois who had a real challenge in the first week against a real football team. Uh, don't see the name Toledo and think something's wrong here. Nothing's wrong. Uh, that team won the MAC last year, averaged 31 points a game, brought back their quarterback, brought back their offensive line, brought back a lot of people. Their that was coach. a normal, just good team. So they yeah. had to play a normal, good game. They didn't have the luxury of holding things back. They had to give their best uh, to pull it off. But uh, I think you'll see some opportunities with him in the run game. Uh, just formation-wise, I liked uh, I like a lot of the things that we do on the edge, uh, you know, Toledo made a living in the C gaps against Illinois, and it was mostly formation. I mean, it was mostly alignment. Um, they're just a bigger group. They're a lot like Iowa State in that they're just going to play big people and say, move our big people because we're going to keep our DBs and everybody else um, on the edge and active in the passing game, and the C gaps were exposed, and I thought Toledo took advantage. So Illinois plays a three-down front. Uh, they do have some – they have a three-man front. They play some big dudes. They have some yeah. they have some density to them, and some guys that are really capable of playing. You know, playing the run. Um, there's one player that can wreck this game for Kansas on the defensive side of the ball. It is Jerjon Newton the defensive tackle uh, for Illinois? He is. There are some people that have him as a top ten NFL draft prospect. If you read Dane Brugler's work. He has him as the number one defensive tackle in this draft class. Mm. And the thing that Jerjon Newton does the best, when I, from what I've seen, he's, a, no, not, he's, not, he's no slouch as a run defender, don't get me wrong. But that dude, when he gets to pin his ears back, it's, it's a problem. Powerful, quick hands, good first step when he's getting the rush the passer. Now, when they're playing their base front, and I mean, this team wants, and this is not your, and when I say this is a three down team, this is not an Iowa State three down team. This isn't your three one spill and kill, trying to, you know, we're going to cover, we're going to play a bear, we're going to cover, and we're going to spill and kill everything to the sidelines. I mean, it's still, there's still a little bit of that, but it's a, it's a three four. It's backers. They are playing a heavy front. They're going to try to earn the right to rush the passer. And, you don't want Jerjon uh, Newton run the rushing the passer, sustained drives, putting him in a, a situation where I mean, the way the way the way Illinois kind of plays their front, you know, you're gonna they're playing with even they're playing with even legs in their stance, you know, they're gonna try to hold the point of attack, they're gonna try to be big, strong, they're gonna they're gonna you know add a you know add a backer from time to time, but they're they're gonna try to hold the point with some big dudes and let their you know, back in, make some plays. Keeping, you know, keeping KU in, if KU can, you know, create sustained drives and keep Jerzon Newton from being able to pin his ears back too much, I think that'll be a very valuable thing. And that kind of plays well in what KU does because they are a team that has shown the ability to just put together long, exhausting drives. But I, I think that's going to be a big key is, is that they can kind of try to neutralize Jerzon Newton as much as they can. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see this too because I, I think the instinct that people have when they play Kansas is to play man and, you know, play two man and then just say, we don't think your receivers can beat our guys. The issue with that, and if you're looking for a reference, Houston was just like, our corners are better than your receivers. So we're not going to be super engaged in the run game. And then what happened is they started running option. And then they had to get those guys involved, and then it opened up the whole game. So I'm interested to see, you know, if Illinois takes that approach. The things I like about it is, one, that C-gap run game, which just outside the tackle in between the tight end, Toledo had a feast. And it was a lot of it just because they were the way that the defense was aligned. You know, he talked about those, uh, Ken talked about those big defensive tackles. It's basically three defensive tackles, and they play outside eye of the guard. Mm-hmm. So you have like a nice natural double team for your C-gap run game. And I think you'll see a lot of that from Kansas. Um, the thing that I liked a lot for Jalen Daniels, which I wouldn't like as much for Bean, is a lot of like drop four, a lot of uh, rush three, drop eight. They did that probably on the first four, second and eight plus. Um, I like that defense for Jalen Daniels mm-hmm. uh, just because he's so creative. And, you know, as much as I like uh, their defensive line, you know, when it's just those three big guys, you're worried about Jerzon Newton. You're not worried about the other two as pass rushers. Mm-hmm. So you can give him a little extra attention. Um, and I think they'll probably bring a lot more pressure to Kansas than they did to to, to Toledo. But I just like I like what they do stylistically and how it matches up what Kansas is capable of doing. Well, like we talked a little bit about the like the wide zone stuff and you know it white when you run outside zone stuff, it's not as much about displacement and changing the line of scrimmage as it is maintaining good body positioning and giving your back a lot of options to kind of run. It's not as much of a downfield blocking scheme. But what's going to be fascinating to me, and you talk about the sea guys too, but what's going to be fascinating to me is, you know, these guys are are point of attack holders more than they are upfield penetrators along the defensive line. How do they move? How do they get wide? How do they get out? That will be something that's kind of fascinating to me too, is just, you know, and are they going to play the same way that they kind of played Toledo either? You know, they're, yeah. they're kind of, that, that front is a lot of big dudes that kind of, it's not, it's more reaction than it is. And that's, that's typical of your three, four kind of fronts, like your true kind of three, four, like they're keeping, they, they keep three backers on in the dime or uh, yeah. in when, when, you know, it's not like a, it's not like, I mean, they're, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're staying pretty heavy. They're staying yeah. pretty heavy. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see the, like you said, I think the clashing styles is what's so fascinating to me. Yeah. They're going to have to move and they're going to have to move pre-snap and post-snap. And I think that's going to be um, an advantage you know, the thing that Kansas does to a lot of Big 12 defenses is they play those tight ends and they get heavy formations and run spread concepts. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be uh, that's going to be as successful just because they're a bigger group and they don't yeah. really move those big guys. Right. So I think what you're going to see is more option, uh, more stretching to the sidelines, getting away from those big guys inside. Um, and I am just ec- just ecstatic to see what Kotelniki has put together for this group because, like I said, you're going to have to do that because you're not going to move these three guys. You know, they're just, you're going to have to go around them, and Toledo did. But if you look for stuff inside, I don't think Toledo got any hay, made any hay inside. Um, even when they ran inside zone, the seams kind of open up in the C-gap, whether it be backside or front. So those three interior guys are just taking away part of the field. 
Now, the big part is, you know, a guy like Jerzon Newton, I think they said he had pressures on 40% of his snaps last year uh, and had 25, uh, 35 quarterback carries, 17 quarterback hits. And I think it had a lot to do with those three guys in the secondary that were older. Uh, one ended up being a top five pick. And I'm not crediting all of that to him, but you could see that they had no problem last year playing cover four and letting their DBs be super aggressive and say, I dare you to throw the ball. You know, because these guys are everywhere. So what do you think that drop-off in DB play? Don't get me wrong, the DBs are pretty solid in that game against Toledo. What does that do to that pass rush? Is it as vaunted since you're not bringing those edge guys as much as you would normally see? Well, yeah, it forces you to rethink everything. If you don't have as much trust or, trust or belief in what your back, you know, back your defensive backs are going to do, they don't necessarily have the same kind of talent. I mean, Devin Witherspoon is a dude. Yeah. Uh, Qu- Qu- Quay Martin, uh, Quay Martin, I think it was his name. Like they, they had three bona fide NFL players in their secondary. And and yeah, if if you if you can, you know, if you feel comfortable playing man, you can comfortably let these guys get upfield. You can add add math to the rush. You know, you can show math to the rush. You know, you can you can do a lot of different things because you have so much trust in what the back end is doing. You can get a little bit more exotic. Uh, and that can help. Just being, just showing can showing things can help open up something for one of your key rushers. It doesn't necessarily always just mean okay, we're sending six, we're playing zero behind it, and you know, it's not even just as simple as that. It's sometimes just like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna walk up here in the A gap, we're gonna put a little pressure on you to have to figure some of this stuff out, even though our best dude, you know, it, it's a all encompassing kind of thing. And so, just having that kind of talent, they don't have it. And I'll just say this: watching watching Illinois wasn't overly impressed with um i don't think it's like a uh, the athleticism that they had last year does not look the exact same across the board i think that they can be got a little bit like you said there are some there's some stuff on the edge i think especially if they're going to try to play heavy maybe the, maybe ku figures out kind of you know I, i'm anticipating them getting into a lot of personnel looks like i mean they always do but i'm just curious how much diversity in the in the opening script there is with personnel just to see how Illinois is going to treat it specifically for this team because it's a little different than some of these other you know big 12 teams that are going to try to stay light regardless how Illinois treats some of these personnel decisions is going to be very fascinating because that will tell Andy Kotelnicki exactly what he wants I think I think that means more this week than it does other weeks it does and I'll be interested to see like this was a team that has not always done well with drop eight. Um, last year, they saw so much blitz and man, you know, that they were looking, ooh, he's blitzing, we're going to take advantage of that. Or, oh, they're a man, let's rub them, let's do this. Let's. Pay. And this is just going to, I mean, if they're going to face drop eights on second and seven, third and eight, remember TCU is basically the first team that started dropping eight on long yardage. And it, I mean, Jalen didn't handle it well at all. Um, so it's one of those things to, 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 to monitor. I think it'll be fun to see them you know, because if we identified it, they've identified it as a coaching staff. So it'll For be sure. interesting to see in which ways, what ways they've addressed it. Let's get over to the defensive side of the ball before we get out of here. Um, you know, watching Illinois on offense, Luke Altmeyer, the, the quarterback, was at Ole Miss prior. Definitely were running a lot of RPOs. Um, you saw them get into a lot of RPO game. And you saw a diversified run game. You know, they're they're gonna, you know, they're gonna run a lot of different stuff. They're very multiple in their run scheme. And they'll add a they'll add a RPO tag to everything. 
that's something that I kind of noticed. And I think maybe it's a little bit of getting Luke Altmaier a little bit more comfortable in playing to the strengths and his kind of experience in, in, in college. Um, but also, I, I think it's still good. I think the RPO stuff, still it's, it's still got its place in, in football. I know people are getting a little bit better at, at playing it, but I still think it's an extremely valuable tool. Um, but yeah, I think I, you saw some, some, some diversification in the run scheme. You know, they'll pull anybody. Uh, yeah. they'll, they'll pull anybody on that front. Yeah, I like what they did. I, I thought their offensive line was really good. I know that was a question mark for them coming in, so I think they were probably pretty happy with that performance. Altmaier, I thought, was a good athlete. Um, when the decisions were quick, he made them. Mm-hmm. Uh, fourth and one, he showed some big guts because that game was over. And yep. he, completes, uh, he completes a deep ball on fourth and one, and people don't throw deep balls on fourth and one unless they got confidence. So the cat has some confidence for sure. And I think the one thing that that I didn't like about Kansas on defense last Friday that they're going to have to address this Friday is rushing lanes. Mm-hmm. I like their defensive line, especially on the interior, were way out of their rushing lanes. And uh, Missouri State took advantage. I think Altmaier's a better athlete uh, than the quarterback that they just played. And he'll be able to step up in that pocket. And I know they're watching, saying, look at these guys getting out of their lanes. And uh, they stepped up and had luck all day. Now, what I'll say about Missouri State is, they didn't throw the ball outside the numbers maybe one time. You know, it was a bunch of crossing routes. And to Kansas's credit, you know, our fan base, a lot to me is, what are we doing on defense? Why are we playing so much base coverage? Well, they were running zero blitz often in that game. So mm-hmm. that's what you wanted. You got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like it, you know, especially as your corners are stepping into third years of starters. Uh, Kenny Logan's, I mean, he could be a six-year starter. He's a missed life of the program. He's been playing forever. Uh, Marvin Grant started every game at Purdue two years ago. So this guy, these guys have played a ton of football. So now it's time to put trust into them. And uh, yes. when you're going to run zero blitz and, and get some of those linebackers upfield, you know, um, uh, Rich is a good blitzer. Um, you know that uh, Craig Young's a good blitzer. J.B. Brown got was successful blitzing in that game. So um, I like the blitzing, and I like that they're putting that trust in the, in the, in the covers to mix it up more. Well, we just got done talking about it with the Illinois guys. If you have trust in your back seven or your back four, really, and you have a lot of belief in your defensive backs and your coverage, you can get crazy. You can do all kinds of different sh- stuff. You can show a variety of things. You can bring blitzes from a bunch of different places. You can get more elaborate and and play to the strengths of, you know, if you, if you, if you can play to the strengths of your back end. It's, it's a very valuable asset to have. And like we talked, Maybe not an entire, you know, lack of confidence and belief. So let's just, hey, let's be really good against the run. Let's try to do everything we can to play the run and let's play top down. Let's, you know, be a little softer in between the 20s and try to tighten up and, and force field goals, play complimentary football or offense, go out and play. They were bringing it. They were bringing it this week. Yes, they were. Yes, they, they said, were. you know what? We're, we're not sitting like, and this is the thing. It, it felt like an identity change. It yeah. said, we're not sitting on our heels anymore. You know, we're not. And it felt like, you know, like I taught you. I'm with you on on rush lane discipline. I'll talk about that in a second. But getting upfield with your with your deep with your front, I felt like the front was a little bit more playing upfield than yeah. they were, and, and better capable of playing upfield last year. Like we talked about with Gage Keys, and I think this offensive line for Illinois can be had with athleticism. Yeah. I don't think I think they're a quality offensive line. You're going to have to be disciplined in your rush lanes, and you're going to have to be real disciplined in your run fits. But if you are, you're going to have a lot of fun on Friday, Kansas. I'm just telling you, you do those two things well, good things are going to happen. Because if you can play discipline, like I think the backs, it's big on the backs this week. Absolutely. They got to be those guys have, you know, 
yeah, they've got to they got to be disciplined. They got to be disciplined. You know, the the backs got to be disciplined. And yeah, the rush lanes. The, if you have an athletic quarterback, if you have an athletic quarterback, your rush discipline has to it, it's got to become at a premium because if you're if you're too out there, there are places for them to step up and step out and make big plays and play create plays out of structure and use their legs. But if you are disciplined in your approach to the quarterback, you're not getting too far, you know, too far upfield. You're you know not getting too wide. If you play discipline there, good things are going to happen to you. I don't think it's necessarily a march to the quarterback with this group particularly because I don't think that fits exactly our, you know, Kansas's front versus Illinois's uh Illinois's offensive line, but I think it is if, you know, if you're if you're getting to a, you know, if you're getting to a half man and starting to penetrate, you've just got to be mindful of 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 where that guy is and you don't want to get too far past him. You want to try to, you know, once you get to that point, once you've won with quickness, you need to be disciplined in how you get to it. Yeah, you just got to retrace. You know, they got to retrace. Once you get up to that quarterback level, you get about to his toes, you'll see a lot of guys on the defensive line, especially interior, you'll see him spin back. And that's not necessarily to beat the guy, but it's to make themselves viable, you know, so that they can be in a position to attack the quarterback if he does step into one of those gaps. So I think you'll see them work on that. Like I said, anything we've seen, they've seen. So, you know, they're going to be very they're going to be very sharp in terms of how they look at that. And I, I And I'm with you. I think this Illinois game is a good matchup. Um, stylistically, and I think you know what they're, you know how they're going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you can prepare for it um, in ways, and I think this staff will be prepared. And I feel like the team that we saw on the first drive of the game, regardless of the plays that were called, the energy that were in, was in their bodies, the energy that was in that stadium, this is a team, like we talked about mentality, was this a team that was very comfortable with what they did last year, and happy that they surprise the country, or is this a team that is ready to do something different? They look like a team that was ready to do something different on that on that first drive. Like the 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 messaging from their body language and to each other was this is this is it right here. We're we're about to do this, and I think that you're going to see that for a full full game um, on on Friday. And I know you could say, well, they should be doing that anyway, but they're, they're kids, they're college kids, so things change. They look prepared for the physicality of what they're about to go up against too. Like this is a group that looks stronger and more physical than they have in recent memory. And I thought KU did a lot better playing as a little bit more physical than they had years prior last year. I think it's even stepped up another notch. And that's something that is going to be for, you know, the Illinois can impose your will if, if you let them. Um, so you're going to have to play and do what you do well, but you're still going to have to, you're, you're in for a dogfight. That is a as a Brent Bielema football team. That's how they're playing their front. They, it's it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a very physical game. Uh, but I do think I do think Kansas can pull this thing off for sure. Especially Jalen Daniels back in the mix. I think is huge. B Mac, let's get a prediction before we get out of here. Give me. So I said forty one seventeen last week. It was forty eight seventeen. So I was mm-hmm. close. So this week I am going to go thirty eight twenty one. Thirty eight. You think this is like a message game? I think it's a message game. And I think that when you have a quarterback that hasn't played in a lot for a significant period of time, having a home opener versus going to a place like Kansas is going to be on Friday is going to be a wake up call in many ways for people that are just stepping into new responsibilities. You know, it's not like those backs didn't play last year. It's just that they weren't Chase Brown. You know, so those guys are going to be here in this stadium playing some playing a football team that's very hungry, I think Kansas win. 
I have them winning too. I have it a little bit tighter. I hope it's your score, uh, but I'm going to go 33-27. Kansas wins the game. Uh, I think it's a big moment for this program, big moment for this season as they continue. I mean, you get, you you pull this one off against Illinois, then you got Nevada. You're sitting, you're, you are liking where you're at. Yes. Heading into Big 12 play. And this is a different Big 12 than we've ever seen. Kansas is used to going through a Big 12 schedule. Some of these teams that are on their schedule may not be yet. So, it's going to be fascinating to watch. I can't wait. I got 33-27. Kansas wins. Looking forward to seeing if that comes true. Hope y'all will get out to the booth. It's going to be fun. Go it's going to be a blackout. Go get your tickets if there's still some. I'm Ken Swanson. That's BMAC. We'll catch you later. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.